Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Have you and your medical provider determined that you need to deliver your twins surgically? If you need a C-section for your twins, how can you prepare for it? And how is it different from a singleton delivery? I'm Dr. Tevi Tith of the San Diego Perinatal Center, here to talk to you about preparing for a twin cesarean birth. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. Now, have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. You can subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available for most smartphones. Well, before we get started, let's go around and introduce our panelists here in the room. And I'll start, I'm saying, I'm as your host, um, I just to share a little bit about my background, I've got uh, twin girls who are identical. They're almost five years old. Um, and we did uh, deliver via C-section after having some uh, regular um, uh, laboring. And then um, I do have a singleton who is now 20 months old, and um, she was a VBAC baby. So I can say I've, I've experienced uh, both types of deliveries. Hey, everyone. I'm Sunny. Um, I am the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces Twin Talks, Parent Savers, Peggy Pals, and The Boob Group. And uh, I'm a mommy to four children. And my twins are my youngest, my girls. They're only seven months right now, although they grew really, really fast. They're getting lots of rolls on them and <laughs> yummy stuff. Let's see. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. As far as births go, my four-year-old was my vaginal birth, and then um, then I've had two cesarean births. So I got to experience both, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Shelly. I'm the... Um, producer here at Twin Talks. I'm also a high school history teacher, but I'm off for the summer, so yay. Um, I have identical twin boys who are almost two, and they were born at 37 weeks um, via kind of urgent cesarean. Not It wasn't an emergency, but um, after an induction. So I went through the contractions and part of the labor, but ended up having a C-section. And I'm actually pregnant with my third, just one this time, and planning for a VBAC. So maybe you can give me some tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to let you guys know about the virtual panelist program we have here at Twin Talks. So as you probably already know, you can follow us on Facebook or on Twitter. But if you want to participate in the conversation from the comfort of your own home, you can use the hashtag TwinTalksVP to actually be a panelist. All right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So before we start today's show, we want to look at some twin news in the headlines. Um, the most recent fascinating bit of twin headlines is we have miracle twins who were born 24 days apart so i know you've heard maybe it is possible occasionally sometimes to have twins you know a few hours apart or born on different days but in this situation um this woman actually went into very preterm labor 24 weeks five days um they were unable to stop that but they were able to keep the other twin safely inside for over three weeks so her babies were born not just different days but i mean almost different months at different births different birth signs um so they're healthy and happy and and they just went home this weekend oh my gosh no so i'm assuming that they're they were both born vaginally so or was one the first one was born vaginally and then the second one born either c-section or um it looks like it doesn't actually say huh um, but it says that she, I think so, yeah, vaginally, because it says after she gave birth to her first twin, who was born weighing only one pound, 10 ounces, Ooh, tiny um, oh my goodness. her labor slowed down. And so the doctors decided that while the other baby was safe, just to go ahead and keep him in. Oh my gosh. Can you no, imagine no. how you'd be feeling during those, what, 24 <sighs> days? You'd be like on pins and needles. Like, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to move. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd be so bedridden, like, oh, wouldn't want to do anything. I mean, that's just a miracle in I and know. of itself. And, and here we have our, our expert, Dr. Tip, and um, I, I'm sure sometimes you see, I mean, really early deliveries. I mean, how, I, I mean, what are the statistics <laughs> around this? <laughs> that's very rare. It's definitely very rare. Um, definitely after you deliver the first twin, usually you expect the second twin to pop right out um, but um, you know really for the benefit of the babies and especially and especially if mom is stable and there's no signs or symptoms in, of infection and the remaining baby appears to be stable that's definitely an option um, we definitely um, depending on the gestational age of the delivery of the first baby we, we we might actually bring that up as an option in terms of expectant management of the second baby after delivery of the first wow so and, and that in and of itself requires daily monitoring making sure that both mom and baby are safe wow okay and i'm wondering <laughs> normally if you give birth to one baby and then the second one comes through and there's are there ways to help sort of slow it down and close everything up <laughs> or I just or does that mean does the mom was the mom like fully dilated has her baby and then she remains fully dilated and for the remainder of that time I mean how does that work it's hard it's, it's hard to say I mean you have to figure you have to wonder what caused her to go into labor in the first place and if it's truly an underlying infection um then potentially she may have to deliver the second baby for the well-being of of her both her and her baby but um if she happens to go into active labor for whatever reason um, and delivers the first um 
baby but does it seem to have any signs of infection, then potentially it is an option. Again, it, it depends on the gestational age that this happens at. And it looks like it happened, I found another, uh, one other time that I could find where and these boys were born 39 days apart. Um, but they said, you know, wow. when with babies born at 24 weeks, the survival rate's really only around 50%. So in both cases, with the 20, both cases, the first one was born at 24 weeks, and it really, it was for the survival of the second baby to keep them in. So I don't think this is something really, mostly anybody <laughs> yeah. has done, but it's definitely yeah. fascinating. It I is. mean, how do you... Did they, it say if they were identicals or fraternals? Um, it, with that first article? It didn't say... No, I mean, but they'd explaining they what have explaining. They, they have to be they, separate. Yeah, they, they would have, have to be separate. Oh, okay. sacs. Yeah. Well, separate, separate sacs. sacs, and then they would have to be separate placentas. placentas. So oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Which could be yeah, identical, right. but from a health standpoint, yeah. it wouldn't matter. Right. Yeah, yeah. As long as they had separate, pl- I mean, they would have to have separate placentas because there could be some really major issues if they shared a placenta and one of them delivered then then you would have to deliver the second one yeah now you know okay now i'm thinking okay fast forward you know years for (laughs) so you've got i know twins but with different birthdays and then so how do you separate parties yeah. <laughs> I think you would probably have to. But Maybe you meet in the middle. Can you imagine explaining that to every That's what I mean. Paper, like, That's a nightmare. To the IRS. I mean, don't you think they would audit you immediately if you claim to have two babies born a month apart? I mean, <laughs> they think you were on smoking something or whatever when you were I just can't even imagine every doctor's visit you went to, every form you had to it, fill That's out, what I mean, just so much Enrolling the kids for kindergarten. Yeah, these are my twins. They were born 39 I, years I apart. think at some point you would probably quit saying twins honestly you would just say these are my kids <laughs> uh, uh, no seriously because the moment you say twins you're gonna get all the questions but and then and they're probably they may not look a lot alike if they're fraternals so but then the crazy eyes when you're like his birthday's in march and his birthday's in april well, you could adopt one. I don't know. I think it would, I think it would lead to a lot less conversation if you left out the. I mean, part. clearly they're probably just overwhelmed with excitement about the fact that they have two healthy babies. But in about five years, it'll probably be a yeah. whole other kind of adventure. Seriously. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, well, today's topic is preparing for a cesarean birth, and today we're talking with Dr. Tevi Tith, who is here to help us understand what an expectant twin mom needs to know to plan for surgical delivery. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, um, we know there's there's so many different decisions going on, and, you know, the twin moms um, spend a lot of time talking to their their medical provider um, throughout the pregnancy. Um, so what are what are some of the reasons that a uh, twin mom may need to have a, a planned cesarean? I like to divide the reasons up into um, three different categories, and that, that being maternal reasons or fetal reasons or obstetric reasons, so kind of a mix of the two. Um, but maternal reasons can, th- can be things like pre-existing pulmonary disease, um, heart disease, or... Um, 
brain diseases um, that they have that wouldn't allow them to push, for instance. Um, different examples of fetal indications would be fetal anomalies um, or potentially the like growth discrepancies between the two. Um, or anything of, of that nature. Um, obstetrical reasons would be things like um, we've we've gone through labor for a very long time. There hasn't been very much progression, and so we would end up having to deliver the babies um, by C-section. And that's for um, past for for past uh, pregnancies and and deliveries. There's you're saying like there's a history of. You know, maybe um, either really long laboring periods. No, actually, just- even, like for instance, if uh, like in um, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I uh, for like a planned cesarean delivery. Well, the other potential reasons could be things like uterine incision being in the wrong. Um, uh, being in the wrong uh, direction, and that would make it unsafe for a woman to have a vaginal, a vaginal delivery. So. It being the wrong direction, meaning vertical, yeah, as opposed to horizontal. horizontal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I thought that that vertical incisions are not as nearly as common as they have been in the past. Is right? No, we we d- we don't uh, routinely do vertical incisions. Um, they tend to be weaker when they heal, so there's a higher risk of rupture um, in this in a subsequent pregnancy and the risk of rupture is not always during labor it can actually happen before labor occurs oh wow. so that's why we would recommend a repeat c-section usually at an earlier gestation okay mm-hmm. so if a mom has a uh, prior c-section you know either either you know the vertical or horizontal then there's a weakening of the the uterine muscle and scar tissue mm-hmm. and so then that of itself might be a reason say that um planned cesarean mm-hmm. is is uh, recommended. Mm-hmm. Now, I've also heard also the the um, location of the placenta as well. Yes, absolutely. So definitely, if the um, if the placenta is low, for instance, if it's covering the opening or the cervix, then we would recommend a, a planned C-section as well. Okay. And do those things change, or pretty much it's there, and you know pretty early on? Uh, no, <laughs> actually, it's it, it is a it's a dynamic organ. Okay, <laughs> um, it can definitely start out being low, and then it can move uh, as the as the uterus grows, and it can move out of the way. And so later on in the pregnancy, it's usually it, it can um, not present a problem. Okay, are and there other kinds of like urgent medical concerns or serious medical, like if there's something that I'm pregnant with twins and I now have this complication, so I have to have a C-section. Is there like a list of, I mean, what would, what on the mom's side would absolutely necessitate a cesarean? I think if there were a concern, um, for instance, so if, you know, there there are things that can happen during the pregnancy. So for instance, um, there's a sudden diagnosis of, for instance, like a a stroke in mom or, um, you know, mom has, um, vision issues or neurologic issues and then we end up doing imaging and then we find um, like a a malformation in the brain that would present a huge problem if she tried to push. So um, those things, for instance, can happen um, during the pregnancy that you don't anticipate uh, before mom gets pregnant. Um, Those things are fairly rare, though. It's typically rare. And, you know, you know, from a fetal perspective, for instance, if um, you have twins and one baby is normal, but the other one isn't. So if one baby had um, a spinal defect or something like that, then we might actually rec- we, we would recommend a C-section instead of a vaginal delivery for the safety of the, so the, the baby. On the mom's end, mm-hmm. I mean, assuming she's had, you know, no prior C-sections or she has a low transverse incision, um, and the baby's, you know, just on the on the maternal side, there's really not 
there's really nothing normal or common that would necessitate a C-section? No, not usually. Not usually. I mean, even things such as diabetes, um, as long as it's w- really well controlled during the pregnancy, um, the, or even even preeclampsia is actually not an indication for a C-section unless you think that mom is deteriorating really quickly and you need to deliver the babies very quickly. Um, that's not usually an indication for a C-section. It's mm-hmm. it's an indication for delivery, but not a C-section. So most of the indications are kind of, it's kind of all up to the babies, right? The yeah. mom doesn't have much <laughs> control. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because uh, I think so often in, in the twin world, I mean, we know C-sections are very uh, common for a lot of a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think sometimes, uh, you know, twin moms or expect moms just automatically assume, well, I'm going to have it by C-section. Um, but in, I mean, in this case, what, what's your experience as far as percentage of moms who are um, having a planned C-section versus having a planned vaginal birth? I think it's very patient dependent and Mm -hmm. typically when a patient um, comes to our practice or uh, approaches any physician's practice, um, you have to examine really what kind of twins are they first. Um, And if they're the mono-mono kind, meaning they share a placenta and they share a sac, um, those would, I think right off the bat, be candidates for a C-section just because the risk of cord entanglement is so high. but typically, if uh, they don't share a sac, then they would be candidates for vaginal delivery. And again, um, the same conditions apply in a singleton as it would to a um, twin uh, d- uh, t- delivery in terms of who's a candidate for a, for a C-section and who's a candidate for a vaginal delivery. I don't um, dismiss it right off the bat that, oh, this is a twin pregnancy. We have to, have a, we have to do a C-section. I, I don't think that that is um, – I, I think that's a disservice to patients. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, definitely. And what are um, so the the pros and cons of a, a C-section, both for from the maternal and the and the fetal health um, standpoint? Definitely. So um, for uh, in terms of um, maternal, I mean, again, it, it depends on if there's any underlying pre-existing maternal conditions. Um, a C-section may be more um, maybe safer for mom, um, but typically, um, if you have twins. And um, if you're planning a vaginal delivery, for instance, um, and the vaginal delivery doesn't go quite right, then you can actually have an increased risk of blood loss. Um, And so if you have a planned C-section, there can be a decrease in in the blood loss um, or really the decrease in the risk of what we call postpartum hemorrhage and um, decrease in the need for transfusion. Mm there are some studies that have looked at um, things such as incontinence later on in the um, in the lifetime of a woman, but um, there's n- th- those studies haven't panned out in, in terms of saying that a C-section is is better than um, you know than a vaginal delivery. You know, I have to comment on that because that's that was actually my situation. Um, so my first baby was a singleton, and that was a vaginal birth, and I had some major complications. I actually didn't realize um, there were complications until after he was out and, and, and everything, but it caused severe urinary incontinence. And so um, they said, I mean, I had to get a bunch of different types of treatment and see a gynecologist and everything. And I remember in one of my first appointments with him, he said, okay, so we're going to recommend that every future baby is a cesarean. 
And I wow. I went, what? <laughs> because I had just had this amazing vaginal birth. I mean, I had a mirror there. Every I was pushed. I pushed for two and a half hours. There wasn't even a mention of cesarean. Nothing, right? And, and welcome this beautiful baby into the world. And then they said, yeah, cesarean here on out. And it took me a really long time to get over that. I actually went to some ICANN meetings and stuff. And it, it was such a rare thing because it was like I hadn't had the cesarean yet. They just told me that I had to have cesareans. Um, by the time I got to my twins... Um, because I did have a cesarean birth with my second baby, a singleton baby. By the time I got to my twins, I was kind of like, you know, I, I didn't push for a vaginal, you know, for multiple reasons. I was like, well, you know, I already have, you know, I had the experience of having a vaginal birth. And, you know, I had a cesarean with my my middle guy. And actually, both were both really good experiences. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways, you commented yeah. on the urinary incontinence. Yeah. I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what they told yeah, me. Definitely in the first year after a vaginal birth, the, the rates of incontinence seem to be a little bit higher in patients who have had a vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at studies that have um, followed the women out for three years or five years, it doesn't look like there's much of a difference. Um, so again, I, I think that that is it can be controversial. And again, you have to really tailor your counseling to the patient. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, a, a C-section in of itself. I mean, it's, it's a surgical procedure. It's major abdominal it yeah. surgery. Yeah. Um, so there's, um, you know, major recovery going mm-hmm. on. And, you know, you have if you open up um, an organ then you're going to have scar tissue. And so there are mm-hmm. the, the downside of yes. that as well, just to just to consider. Yeah. So definitely, um, you know, with a C-section, it, it, like you said, it's um, a major abdominal surgery. There are, as with any procedures, um, associated risks, things like infection, um, bleeding, um, injury to organs. And these are all things that we um, talk to our patients about. But I think particularly unique to the pregnancy population is really counseling about future pregnancy planning. Because if your patient really wants to have a lot of kids, um, a C-section may not be the right route to go with her, especially for her first delivery, mm-hmm. um, because it can increase the risk of issues later on. So we're having we're seeing a lot of patients now where there are problems with the placenta. The placenta is really stuck to the uterus and it causes major bleeding to the point where women need transfusions, to the point where they need to remove the uterus after the, after the C-section section or after the delivery. So we're definitely seeing a lot more placentation issues um, in patients who have had repeat C-section. So for somebody who is thinking, I mean, there's a lot of unknowns that come into twin pregnancy. And so I've heard people say, no, I just want my planned C-section. I want to know how they're coming. I want to know when they're coming. Something you would counsel them about is how many more children are you planning on having? Absolutely. I mean, I think that it's, you're going to be this patient's doctor and potentially maybe her doctor for her next several pregnancies and you want to do what's best for her and um you know what's least morbid for her so that's no that's an excellent point just to think about it's not just this pregnancy i mean it's albeit Mm -hmm. twin pregnancy is a really big deal (laughs) (laughs) but down the road you know what what are the the longer term um, consequences um of that absolutely All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about what's happening in the OR and the gentle or family-centered C-section.
Well, welcome back. Today we're talking with Dr. Tevi Tith, who's helping us understand um, what's happening in the OR and what the usual procedures and some of the different types of approaches, including the uh, the gentle C-section or, or family-centered C-section. I mean, you know, what exactly is that? I had actually never heard of this until I looked it up a few days ago. And uh, I think it's something that's been pioneered, at least at the Brigham, um, where there are just a few key differences Um in terms of uh, the setup of this of the OR room, so for instance, in a in a family centered C section, you would have um, typically clear drapes so that mom can actually watch the delivery. I mean, there's still there's still usually like a blue drape between. Um, uh, between patients and um, the surgeons mm-hmm. throughout the C-section until the point of the delivery of the baby, and then they bring down the blue drapes, and then they allow the through the clear drapes, uh, mom can actually see can actually watch um, her baby being birthed. Wow, which is amazing. And that is been, really re- revolutionary. I have to yeah, say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there is a lot of communication with anesthesiology and with the surgeons to make sure that mom is comfortable and to make sure that um, that they're doing everything that they could to make. Um, this as much of a um, an, an amazing experience for mom and, and dad as possible. So a lot more communication. Um, they uh, will also place the monitors in different places so that the mom can have her arms free, um, so that after the birth um, she can actually hold the baby. Um, uh, on her chest, mm-hmm. um, so so just a few key differences, um, but but nothing that that compromises the safety of 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 her or the baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what would the advantages be? I mean, it sounds like so the mom gets to watch the actual or the baby's coming out and having that first moment it's not just the dads I know typically we think yeah. of c-sections <laughs> and, the, and the the dads on the other side sometimes with you know can't watching saying wow it's a boy and the mom sort of like you know going okay I mean I, I kind of have some sensation but I have no idea what's going on down there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and doctors it sounds like I mean this is this is kind of a new concept for mm-hmm. you as well um so if if you know the moms are you know interested in having uh, you know, more more bonding time or, or more visuals and that sort of thing. Um, is that something they can talk to their provider or is it also communicating to the hospital? What what should they do? I think they can um, definitely talk to their provider. They can also call the hospital and see if it's something that's available. I know that actually in some hospitals, instead of the clear drape, they can actually put a mirror on top so that they can watch it. And we don't, uh, the, the mirror isn't angled the entire time until the point of the delivery, mm-hmm. but they can watch it from above. And then it, it's actually a little bit easier for them that way. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I guess I didn't even realize that they had mirrors mm-hmm. in uh, ORs. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have opted for that. I mean, I watched my vaginal birth um, and I was fascinated mm-hmm. by that. And that actually empowered me because you're pushing and you're trying to accomplish it's something. It's like biofeedback. It is. It is. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's what I'm doing. Okay, got it. I got my we goal in mind. A, um, one of the nurses took my camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and took pictures of the actual delivery. So that was really nice oh, to have. Nice. Um, because there was no way my husband was going to take pictures right. during that situation. So the fact that the hospital offered that, I mean, priceless, really, because there's no other way that I would have had. And so I actually have pictures of, like, right as the babies are being pulled out, um, which was really nice to have. How about, um, so for you know, babies that do require some time in the, in the NICU, I mean, you know, maybe, um, you know, for those who are, born we've got um you know maybe twin a either twin a or or twin b what are some of the logistics behind that so you've got a whole team of people and then um you know one baby is born and maybe one goes off to the NICU or you know and then dad is there and wants to be present for all of that I mean 
you know, what are some of the different choices or options that um, parents can do as far as, you know, spending time with the babies and with mom? So, um, you know, it's probably a better question for the NICU nurses and the NICU <laughs> staff just because they, they know better than I do. Um, you know, but you really just do your best. And, um, you know, at this point, mom, mom is still is recovering from a C-section. So really making sure that mom is comfortable first and mom has the ability to bond with her babies and making sure that um, you set aside some time for mom and for dad and, you know, parents to bond with their babies. Um in the NICU or outside of the NICU, sometimes they may have to split their time up. I mean, it's just, it's so variable for different parents. I remember one of my girls did go to the NICU just for a few hours. Um, She wasn't breathing when she first came out. And so we were doing kind of a, you know, a lot of just a merry My My husband was visiting her and staying with me. (laughs) And then I had twin A. (laughs) So um, I think that just requires kind of a, just an open mindset and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to yeah. be upset. I, you know, I can't, we can't control it. We can't control the situation. We'll go with the flow. Yeah. Take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. And then um, how about just from, from a recovery standpoint, um, is recovering from a twin C-section any different than recovering from a singleton C-section? Not really. I, it's, it's still, the, the, the actual process itself is, pretty much the same except that you're delivering a second twin Um, but everything in terms of um, you know everything up to the uterine incision and then everything from the delivery of the babies and removing the placentas it's all pretty much the same Um, it's you know there can be a little bit more of a blood loss um, after the delivery of twins Um, so we monitor closely for that we you know the the real major difference is actually after the delivery and in the postpartum period you you now have two babies to breastfeed (laughs) so it's that that's probably the biggest difference but as far as physical recovery not not really Mm -hmm. Um, and it also depends on you know for whatever reason if you were like on bed rest Mm -hmm. um, you might be a little bit more deconditioned um so i mean as far as like having um your your muscles being not as strong if you yeah okay if you weren't as ambulatory before having them and you were then you might be not as strong right to lift and walk and Mm -hmm. carry and all those other things Mm -hmm. you know i found that um, my uterine contractions were more intense with my twins Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's because my uterus got bigger and when i was breastfeeding in the hospital you know that triggers you know your uterus to shrink and i just i I remember specifically having to ask for some pain relief for that and i don't remember that at all Mm -hmm. with my singletons yeah that's definitely that's definitely possible too But in general, it's it's pretty similar. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, thanks so much to everyone for joining us today. For more information about preparing for a cesarean birth or for more information about any of our speakers or panelists, visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And we're going to talk to Dr. Tith about how we can be proactive in correcting diastasis recti if you're having that plan, cesareans. So for more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, twintalks.com. We have a question from Claudia in St. Petersburg, Florida, and she says, my boys are almost three years old and I'm trying to get them into a local preschool that requires kids to be potty trained. We've done some potty training where they sit on the potty, but they just play with each other. They don't seem to be interested in getting out of diapers, even though they can go for hours without peeing. So what can I do to get them on track? I'm Dr. Deborah Pontillo, child psychologist, developmental and behavioral specialist, 
and voluntary assistant clinical professor at the University of California, San Diego. My website, if you'd like to contact me, is www.howtohelpmychild.com. That's a numeric too. I really appreciate your question. It sounds like a very frustrating thing that your twins are kind of goofing off when you're trying to get down and dirty in business. I appreciate that you shared with me that your children are demonstrating the physical readiness sign of staying dry for a couple of hours. That's important. I'm also going to assume that they demonstrate some of the other social, emotional, and communication skills that we would look for, uh, which I can't go into here. But just remember that 50% of kids are potty trained at 36 months of age. That means the other 50% are still working on it between their third and fourth birthday. But here's what you can do to get back on track, assuming that they're ready to move forward. First of all, unique to twins, remember they are buddies and they're going to the bathroom together, not so with singletons. And part of what motivates a singleton child to acquire potty training skills is the individual time they get with mommy in the potty, the rewards, the praise, and that one-on-one interaction. So my first recommendation is get your children going to the bathroom separately, taking turns so that they can focus on their time with you and the feedback that you want to give them and not on interacting with each other. Number two is, you know, twins are not always ready at the same time, even identical twins, and you may see that one child grasps things quicker than others. So having that individual time can allow that one child to pull forward if they are ready for it. Obviously, using rewards can be helpful uh, to get them used to uh, the idea. And adding potty time to the daily routine so that it becomes something they do every time they go out, every time they go uh, come home, right before a bath, etc., so that it becomes second nature can also help reinforce it. Lastly, if you are not able to get your children potty trained in order to get them to this preschool, do not fret. A lot of three-year-olds do exceedingly well when potty trained in a preschool environment where there's some peer modeling going on. There's a different adult who's taking them to the bathroom with different expectations and structure, and that can really help move them along wonderfully. So do not be afraid of looking for a preschool who will help you in this process. I'm Dr. Deborah Plantillo for Twin Talks and HowToHelpMyChild.com. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, and our show, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies, and Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a new Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. 
Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.